what they do anyway, uh, because they've explained it to me before, and I still have no idea what they do. But they work. Uh, they have a job. And if I were to ask that question, you would probably answer what you do for a living, what you do to provide money. But quite honestly, this morning, my question really isn't that direction. Um, I do want to ask you what you do, but I want to encourage you to, to consider what God has to say. Because every Christian in this room today uh, may have a job which provides for physical sustenance, but that isn't your job, or that's not the job I'm talking about. Now, you might be saying, if you know me, well, Pastor, I know where you're going with this one. You're going to talk about a Christian sharing the gospel. That's our job. Well, that's actually a, a responsibility, a job every Christian is supposed to have. And quite honestly, we could preach on that this morning, but wrong again. So you've been wrong twice, so just wait till I share with you. <laughs> I'm getting myself in deep. See, I've been getting in deep with everyone. Anyway, no, that it is really important for a Christian to share the gospel, and that is a job that we have. But today, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want you to see that you have one work in life. Actually, there's more than one. We could probably say a number. We might say soul winning is one of our works, our jobs, one of our responsibilities. But today... God wants us to see in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 another responsibility, another job that we have that's actually going on each and every day of life. Every saved person, every person who's part of the family of God is involved in construction work. You didn't know that maybe, but you are involved in construction work. You're actually building something. You were building something this morning. You, you may not necessarily see it physically, but you were building something this morning. You were building something this past week while you were doing your physical job to provide a sustenance for life. You were doing something at home. You were building something actually at home throughout this week. Uh, every night as you were home or if you were home during the day, whatever was the case, you were involved in building. So the question this morning is, what are you building? What? are you building because you're a builder follow along as i read in first corinthians chapter 3 where god says in verse 10 according to the grace of god which is given unto me as a wise master builder i have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is jesus christ now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. In this passage, God talks about the building program he has you in. He had you in the very moment you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you're part of his family, 
You are part of a building program. You're involved in a building program. You are the construction worker, and God urges you this morning to consider what you're building. In fact, the outline is really simple today. Four things we're going to learn. I want you to think about the base, the builders, the big deal, the bottom line. That's the outline. Pretty simple, isn't it? It's the builders, the big deal, the bottom line. And let's see what God has for us today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for your word that helps us to know what life is all about, what our job is in life, what our work is. And I pray that you would help every believer in this room, every person who's part of the family of God, to be stirred about the truth that they're building, the very truth that Paul was trying to drive home in this section to the church at Corinth. That every Christian is building something for eternity. And that what we're building is very important. And I ask you, Lord, to stir our hearts about that. I ask as well that this morning your Holy Spirit would touch the hearts of those who might be here without a foundation because they've never put their faith, their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that this day would be the day of salvation for them so they might start building for eternity. And I'll thank you for what you'll do and how you'll work. I need your strength. Your spirit needs to have freedom to work in the hearts of people. And I pray that he would powerfully meet with us this morning. We pray, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I said this outline is real simple. Let's talk about the base, or really the foundation. But I had to alliterate preachers alliterate. So the base or the foundation, God begins in verses 10 and 11 of this part of the book of Cor the, 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 of the letter to the church at Corinth. I'll get the words out here. As he begins in verse 10, he starts to talk about a building, a building that he is involved in, a building that he is actually the foundation of. There is only one base. There's only one foundation, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. Paul begins, as he's writing to the church, writing by inspiration. By the way, writing the words that God wanted him to write. These are God's words this morning. And Paul starts by sharing with these people that they were part of the family of God. That's really, in essence, what he says in verses 10 and 11. He said to them, in essence, in verse 10, uh, according to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Now, what did Paul mean by that? Well, what Paul meant by that is the fact that Paul had preached to these people the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had been the one who had the first opportunity to share with them the wonderful truth that God loved the world, that even though men are sinners, God wanted the world to be saved that God didn't want people, because of their sin, to have to pay for their sin for all eternity in hell. That God didn't want to separate from sinners for all eternity. That God wants a relationship with sinners, and all men are sinners. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come and die on the cross for our sins. And Paul talked about the fact that he preached to them this foundational truth. That God, even though men are sinners, sent his son, Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ came to this world, that he lived a life without sin, that he died on the cross for the sins of the world, not because he had done any wrong. He was sinless. But Jesus died for the sins of the world. He shed his blood so that 
Sinners could be made part of the family of God. He preached the gospel. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. The third day he rose again from the dead, and he provides a way for all men to be saved. And Paul laid that foundation by preaching the gospel. Now, according to what he said in the book of Corinthians and in other places, the gospel is not a popular message. It's not a popular message because it tells people something they don't want to hear, that they're sinners and that they don't have a relationship with God. But what's good about the gospel is there's hope. You see, if we just preach, all men are sinners, and all men can't have a relationship with God because God's a holy God, he's a sinless God, and he won't have anything to do with sinners. If we preach that message, and that's all there was, it would certainly be a sad message. But today, the gospel message is a wonderful message because God offers a way for sinners to be made clean. He offers a way for sinners to have their, their sins removed and taken care of and be made part of the family of God. And it doesn't come by any work that we do. And Paul said that, actually, when he said in verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Look, this morning, if you're here and you have put your trust, your faith, in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that is the foundation that you need in order to be a builder. That is the only foundation you can have if you're going to go to heaven someday. Now, sadly, there's a lot of people who think that their foundation is built on and they're going to get to heaven by the things that they do, by the way that they live, by the way that they act. Some people are churchgoers and they think, hey, I go to church, I'm a good person, and I try to live a decent life, and I'm, I'm in church every Sunday morning, or I'm in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and I'm in church, I don't know, Sunday night, and, and Sunday morning, and Sunday school, and I, I go to church all the time, the doors are open. But going to church doesn't save anyone, it doesn't give anyone the right foundation. Going to church may be a good thing, but it's not good as far as getting you to heaven. There is only one foundation, and Paul preached that to these people. He was a master builder that God used to help these people understand there's only one way to be saved. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No one will ever ever be in heaven someday because they got baptized, because they were a member of a church, because they were a good person, because they lived a good life, because they were decent, law-abiding citizens. The only way a person will ever get to heaven is if they have the right foundation. And you can't build that. It was already built. It was already taken care of when Jesus died for your sins. And you've got to the place where you, by faith, accept that. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name, John 1.12 tells us. And so Paul said as he begins this section, look, there is a foundation, and if you don't have the you're not part of God's family, you're not a builder. But if you have this base, if you have this foundation, if you have the foundation of Christ, then you are indeed a builder. The question is what you're putting on your foundation. Everyone who is, knows Jesus Christ as Savior is building. Those who don't know Jesus Christ as Savior aren't building, can't build. And this morning, the message for you would be, receive the Lord Jesus Christ. 
the message for you would be understand that I can't get to heaven by the works that I do, by my, my, my goodness, and that I need to put my faith, my trust, in someone else's work, and that is Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God. And if you will do that, then you can have the foundation. I saw something the other day as I was actually preparing for the message. I came across an illustration that talked about deconstructionist building. Have you ever heard about deconstructionist buildings? Deconstructionist buildings. Come on. Engineers in here should, should understand that deconstructionist buildings are, are, are people, guys, who have designed buildings that don't follow normal laws and rules and, and regulations. I can't say every builder does that. Okay. Um, we are not, not going to criticize engineers this morning. I know we're not doing that. Okay. All right. Because I will get myself in serious trouble with a few people at least. All right. But these, decon these people build these deconstructionist buildings, and they're weird buildings. I mean, if you go online and you search deconstructionist building, you'll find these bizarre buildings. They're all sorts of shapes and everything else. First one is built in the United States, was built in U Ohio, Ohio State University, and uh, the guy that built it uh, just boasted about how, how well, it's deconstructionist. It was first one in America. And people actually, seriously, people who go in and have to work on it, some complain about getting nauseated because it doesn't follow normal, normal events. I mean, you'll be walking down, you'll think this is a hall that takes you down to another room, but it'll end. I mean, it's just really bizarre stuff. I don't know why you, I don't know why you build a building that doesn't have any function, but that's the way this, this entire building is. Someone looked at those buildings, was looking at deconstructionist buildings. They were talking about it, and he said this, I wonder if they have deconstructionist foundations. Amen. And the truth of the matter is no. You know why? Because the deconstructionist building would fall apart if it didn't have a solid foundation. And quite honestly, there are people who are putting their trust in, and they believe they have a foundation, and they're headed to heaven when they have never trusted Jesus Christ. And if not, let me tell you something. You, you aren't building anything for you until you have Christ. The foundation is Him. You need Him this morning. And if you have the call that God would be sending to you is the same call He's given since the time of Paul. It's the same call He was giving to Abraham back in the Old Testament. And that is, that is believe what God has done for your sins and trust in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the one who died for you. But if you're part of his family, if you have that base, then number two, you're a builder. You don't have a choice. You are a builder. Look, this morning, the point that God will want you to understand from this is that you are a builder. Every believer is a builder. Hey, we can even alliterate that. Every believer is a builder. You are building. Look at what it says at the end of verse 10. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. God doesn't say, start building. God says, you are building. God doesn't say, hey, it would be a good idea if you as a Christian would just get to this business of building. No, because you are. You may not know it. You may not have understood that. You may not realize that. But this passage is founded upon, and the last part of verse 10 establishes the fact that you're already building. 
once you trust Christ as Savior, the moment I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was seven years of age, I started building. Now, what I build on that foundation has no bearing on whether I go to heaven or not. And this passage teaches that. You can look at verse, I think it's verse 17, toward the end of the verse. Um, I'm sorry, verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Look, what you build on this foundation has no bearing about whether you spend eternity with God in heaven because the foundation is? Come on, the foundation is Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. But let me tell you something. You will regret how you build. That's the whole idea of this passage. You are building, and you either will regret what you build, or you'll rejoice in what you build. So every Christian, every believer is a builder. In fact, uh, it's easy. I, I, when I come to this passage, quite honestly, I started really to focus on verse 11 through verse 15, and, and that's where your attention is drawn. But the end of verse 10 really is powerful when he says, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. There are two parts to that, to that sentence. The first is, there is a call to individuals here. Notice, he said, let every man... Say, say those three words, or the, the first three words of that last sentence in verse 10, all right? But let every man, you stopped at three, at, you went all the way to four. I said three. I can't even count this morning. So four. Let's try it again, all right? But let every man. Notice those words, every man. If you want to do a study of this section, those words are very important. You say, are they very important? Yes. Look in verse 11. For other foundation can... No man. Look in verse 12, where it says, now if any any man. Look in verse 13, every man's. And you look at uh, a little bit later on, and it says again, every, uh, every man in verse 13. In verse 14, if any man's. Verse 15, if any man's. Uh, in verse 17, if any man. That's a, an important point, wouldn't you think? Look, if God, in every one of those verses, except one, said, every man or one man, or no man, then he's trying to make a point. And the point is, individual responsibility. The foundation is Jesus Christ. No one else is building on your building. If you have the foundation of Christ, if you as an individual, if you as a man or a woman or a child have had the foundation of Jesus Christ, there's something being constructed on that foundation today. And you are responsible for it. We won't be able to someday in the judgment, because that's what this passage is all about, to stand before God and say, God, you just don't understand my wife or my husband or my kids or my friends. No, no, I will give account to God. Let every man take heed. Individual responsibility. This morning, are a builder. Every is a builder. And what you first tells you that there's individual responsibility. The second part says, look or beware of the way you're building. 
It's not start building. I want to emphasize that again. It's you're building. So beware of or look at or be alert to or wake up to the fact that you're building. And make sure you're building with the right things. Have you done that? That is actually the call of this passage. And you don't want to miss it. Because it's foundational to the whole truth. In fact, God's going to drive that home at the end of these verses. When he comes back to the point, he says, hey, pay attention. This is important. So the call to you is individual responsibility because you are building today. Now, there are a number of things this statement, verse 10, suggests. First, you can know what you built. Look at what he says. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. You can know and you should know what you're building. What have you been building? That's a fair question to ask because he says beware, take, take, be alert to the fact you're building. All right, what, what have you been building? So I don't know. You know, I'm not really sure, Pastor. Well, then this passage is like a wake-up call. And it's saying, be alert to this fact. You are building, and you need to know. And it suggests that you can know what you built. So I'll have no excuse in the future judgment for a destroyed house or a useless structure. I will have no excuse when I stand before God if everything that I have burns up on top of my foundation. Nothing. Second truth, number of things about this statement, is it's important to think about what you're building. It, this isn't something to put off or worry about later. Oh, you know, I got a long life ahead of me. So I, I'm just going to take care of this now. The third thing that it, it this suggests is that you can change what you're doing. Isn't that encouraging? This whole section is about changing what you're doing or at least making aware of what you're doing so that you can do something about it and you can change it. So right now, today, I have the opportunity, and you do, to examine your life and say, okay, first, I'm part of the family of God. I've been saved. I have the base. I have the foundation because uh, there was a time in my life where I realized I was a sinner. I prayed. I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. He gave me eternal life. I'm part of his family. I have the base. You can ask yourself that question and answer it and get it resolved even this morning. That's a great thing. But not only can you do that, but then you, as well, you can look at your life from that very moment when you trusted Christ. And you can say, this is what I've been building and I can change if it's been bad. Or I can keep doing what I've been doing if it's been good. But the whole challenge of the passage is think about it. Ponder the fact that from the moment you trusted Christ, you have been building something that God will look at. Does that, does that cause you to give pause for a moment? Seriously. This week, I have been building something that God will look at and judge someday. That is a very thought-provoking thing, but the encouraging thing is I can change it. And the other, the other uh, you could probably come up with more, but there's one other thing it suggests, and it's this, you can begin today building with the right stuff. 
Isn't that good? You can begin today building with the right stuff. So that's, that is the, the call under the builders. The construction is found in verse 12. It says, now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. God says you're building with, with one of those construction materials. You are. So what kind of materials are you using? Now, again, we say you can't stop building. The Bible says you're constructing something. You are building something on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Every person is a builder. Every structure is going up. The only option you have is what materials you're using. So what have you been building with? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. What would you rather build with? You know, what kind of construction materials would you like to have your house built with when you stand before God and give account? That is a searching question. Now, there's something else about this construction work. It says, now if any man build upon this foundation, the idea is that it's going on anytime, all the time. This isn't a nine to five job. You don't get up on tomorrow morning and say, okay, we're building from nine to five today, and then we're done. We're building from seven to five because we avoid the, con the construction work and we avoid the, all the traffic coming in because we're able to come in early to work. So seven to three, we're doing our work today. No, that is not this kind of job. This building job that you have starts when you wake up in the morning. And it ends when you go to sleep at night. And it's seven days a week. You are constructing on that building. You know, being in God's house today, making the decision to come to church if you made it with the right heart and the right attitude, is something that was constructing for eternity. It's a good decision. Right choice. Right materials. Uh, the decision you make uh, when the guy cuts you off uh, on the road uh, about how you're going to respond, that you're building. Um I, 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 unfortunately, too often it seems to me like I, I put a little bit of wood in my building at those points. <laughs> Just evil, Pastor. Come on. You do too. Some of you do, at least. <clears throat> when a guy cuts you off, when someone's driving slow in front of you, when, when you get involved in construction work and you sit there for a half hour, you think about all the things you could be doing and the things you should be doing and the appointment you're late for. You've you been there? You're building. Um, the, the crying kid, how you respond to it, you're building. Uh, your mate, who's been smart to you, who just got under your skin this morning, you're building. You're building all the time. You're building when you're at work and how you do your job and your attitude. When the boss comes in and at 4.30 gives you another hour and a half of work and says this has to be done by tomorrow morning. You're building. And the question is not, are you building? The question is, what materials are you using? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. So this passage in verse 12 presents the concern. We have the call in verse 10, and then we have the construction in verse 12, and we have the concern as well laid out for us. What is the gold? What is the silver? You know, I've heard a lot of preachers preach, gold is winning souls for Christ. 
Well, I would suspect that someone, if they're winning souls for Christ, is building with gold. But you know, it may be possible someone could win some of the Christ and not be building with gold. There is no list given in the Bible anywhere that explains what the gold, silver, stones are, wood, and stubble are. You say, well, then how can someone know what they're building with? That's a good, honest question. So I'd encourage you to read the first six chapters of this book. Because in the first six chapters, I think he at least opens eyes a little bit to what the wood, hay, and stubble would be. Do you know the church at Corinth was carnal? You look at chapter 3, he talks about them being carnal. And you know what that meant? They were living life according to the flesh. What they were doing, they were doing in their own strength. And what they were doing, they were doing living according to their feelings, how they wanted to, to do things, what they thought was right, what they believed was right. And as a result, it was causing strife in the church. There was contention in this church. There were problems that were, that were happening because these people were living according to their feelings, according to their flesh. They were doing their own thing. What's wood, hay, and stubble? When you do your own thing, you live according to the flesh. It's not soul winning. Someone can soul win in the flesh. Someone can soul win under control of God's spirit, and that's gold, silver, and precious stones. It's not what you're doing, but how you're doing it. Someone might put up with the smart their husband made but they're miffed about it all day. Gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble? Wood, hay, and stubble. It's, it's whether I'm doing things, ultimately, it seems to me from the scripture and the scriptures around this, doing things under the control of God's spirit, whether I'm doing things in my own strength. And when I do things, allowing God to empower and strengthen me, allowing his spirit to live through me, I'm building with gold, silver, precious stones. When I'm doing anything otherwise, living according to the flesh, I'm building with wood, hay, and stubble. Because God says, take heed how you're building. So you've got to know how you're, what, what it means and what it's all about. So the concern of a Christian should be this morning, how am I living my life? Am I living my life controlled by the Spirit of God, allowing God to empower me so that I might respond right to the problems, respond right to a boss who's giving, being demanding. I might respond right to my kids who are demanding my attention when I'm tired. I might respond right and do the things that are right and act in a right way uh, and be involved in church or be involved in other good things. Am I allowing God's spirit to control my life? Because when I am, then I'm building with gold, silver, and precious stones, and those things will last in eternity. But when I'm not, I'm building with wood, hay, and stubble, and those things will burn up. There won't be anything left when I stand before God. Because let me tell you something. There's nothing you can do in the flesh that will ever please God, ever. And if you want further, there are many other references we could even use to support that. John chapter 15 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. But he talks about abiding in the vine and how when you abide in the vine, you will bring forth fruit. Gold, silver, precious stones. 
But when I'm not abiding in the vine, when I'm doing my own thing, when I'm living my own way and I'm living according to the flesh and I'm doing what I do in my own strength, my own power, I am building with wood, hay, and stubble. And God says, give attention to this matter because there will be a day when you will be glad you did. Because verse 13 says, every man's work, there we get to the every man again, shall be made manifest. All right, third, the big deal. Say, what's the big deal? The big deal, because there's a day coming. Do you know there are two judgment days talked about in the Bible? Two. Judgment day number one is called the Great White Throne Judgment. At least we'll call it, we're going to call it that. Actually, that'll come at last. <laughs> All right? That's, that's the last one. The Great White Throne Judgment is found in Revelation chapter 20. You can read about it. Those who are part of the family of God who have the foundation of Christ don't have to worry about that one. Nothing to do with you. It only has to do with those who have not been part or aren't part of the family of God. They don't have the foundation of Christ. And do you know that their destination is already determined? They won't be in heaven. They will be spend eternity in what's called the lake of fire. Whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. The only person that's spared from that judgment is those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You get your name written in the Lamb's book of life by trusting in Jesus Christ and getting that foundation Paul talked about in this passage. Have that foundation, you don't have to worry about that judgment. It will be, I think, a day of, of mourning for Christians because we'll see people maybe we've loved who aren't part of the family of God who will be sent to an eternal lake of fire. And that is no joke. It's a real place. And the sad thing is, many will go there and they don't have to because God offers salvation as a free gift to those who believe. But those who are part of the family of God don't have to worry about that judgment. They have to concern themselves with this judgment. Because this judgment, some call it the Bema Seat. You can call it whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Nice fancy words that theologians like to choose. What's important is we'll stand before God and you'll give account. You see that in verse 13? This really is. It should, it should like just shake every Christian up to say, there is a day coming. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. The day when we give account to God, and the day is going to declare it. It's going to make it known. It's going to be revealed before all. So the day is coming, and your building is going to be seen by all. That is have been what I'm building today everyone's going to see you may not see it today but everyone's going to see it do you know that uh, a preacher can preach and not be preaching with gold silver and precious stones a teacher can teach and not be teaching with gold silver and precious and building with gold silver and precious stones The building is going to be seen by all, and notice it says in verse 13, The day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try everyone's work of what sort it is. I have no idea how this is all going to happen, but I do know this. I do know that everyone will see our building, and the building is going to be, our building will be tested by fire. And the only thing that's going to be left 
are the building materials used that were gold, silver, and precious stones. So, what materials have you been using? Does that, is that important to you? It should be, because God says there will be a day when we stand before Him. That is the big deal. That is the big deal. And there's a payday. Look at verse 14. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. This passage is greatly encouraging because, look, when I do things, in, in, as I allow God to live his life through me, if you would, if as I live life under the control of and guidance of the Spirit, when I walk in the Spirit, when the Spirit has control of my life and he's bringing forth love and joy and peace, and as I do live my life under God's control and allow him to have his way, I'm building with gold, silver, and precious stones. And God says this, that someday when he sees that, that building, he is going to reward it. Without fail, God will reward everyone who has worked faithfully in his power and allowing him to live their life as they have abided in him and done their work for the glory of God. And that tells me this. There are going to be some people that we might be surprised at in heaven. Some people that maybe weren't in the limelight. Oh, they weren't up preaching all the time, but they have a beautiful structure. And you know why they do? Because they live life according to and under the power of God's spirit and not according to their flesh. There are people who might have just been servants in the church who just did what God wanted them to do and live life to the glory of God. And they will have a beautiful structure because yes. God will reward their yes. works. He's promised that. And so he tells you, hey, this is a big deal. This is a big deal because in that day, you will be glad if you did that which is right. If you live life empowered by God's Holy Spirit, there's a payday coming. Um, and, and you will give account for what you've done. I read about a five-year-old boy. He was uh, going to be a ring bearer at his, uh, his uh, aunt's wedding. And the gr grandmother had a great idea. She wanted to make sure he, he wasn't the one who made the scene because they always make the scene in weddings, right? So, yeah, it's, it's the ring bearer. It's the flower girl, one or the other. They always steal the show, you know, somehow. So she promised her grandson she'd give him a prize. Or she'd give a prize to the one who did the best job in the wedding party. Well, the wedding went off without a hitch. The grandmother told him, you won the prize. And the little boy looked excited, and then he looked relieved. And he said, I was pretty sure I had it until Aunt Dana came in wearing that white dress, and the horns were blowing, and I started to think she might win. <laughs> now, he might have thought he was competing with others, but Grandma knew better, better, right? You know, Grandma knew that it was just him. And he needed to just focus on the fact that, hey, you know what? I, I need to worry about myself because I'm going to give account for myself. And that's what God wants me to do. He just wants me to understand that if my work abides, there will be a reward. And I'm going to be very glad in that day if I concern myself with how I was building today. So the bottom line is you ought to be concerned today.
That's the bottom line. It really is. Verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, that spirit God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Verse 15 should have started there. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. It seems as if Paul wonders whether they understand what they're doing will have an eternal impact. And God says, you need to understand that right now. The fire is going to try your works, and you will suffer loss. You'll have nothing in that day. And then he says in verse 16 and 17, you're God's building. And God judges sin. So there's two sides to this. There's the positive and there's the negative. But we have to understand both if we're going to be prepared for the judgment to come. There's reward for those who build with gold, silver, and precious stone, who live their life empowered by God, walking with God, obedient to God, doing what he's told them to do with a right heart attitude because God's spirit has control. They're building with gold, silver, and precious stones. There are Christians who are building with wood, hay, and stubble because they're doing it all in their own strength, their own power, and what they do they're live, or they're living for or just go in their own way. They have the foundation, but they won't have anything before God. And God says, look, this is a big deal. And the bottom line is, you'll give account. So live right. That's of the passage we're memorizing. Yes, if you didn't realize it, we're memorizing verses in that passage. And it'd be a good idea if we understood what it's all about. What are you building with? Let every man take heed. How he built the foundation of Christ. If you're here without him, you need him. Yes, sir. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, if everyone would please. Bowed and eyes.